You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Here on Locked On Fantasy Football, we've just finished our series of looking at the breakout candidates, the sleepers that you want to look at throughout your drafts here for 2021. So we went through the fourth-tier players, third-tier players, second-tier players, and finally wrapped up with the rookies. So... We want to do something a little bit different now here for the final two shows of this particular week. We'll go full bore for you next week there, so we'll have five shows back on that schedule for you, but still plenty that we can pack in this week. And what we're going to do is look around the AFC and the NFC, look at the conference notes, news and notes, analysis, breakdowns of things we've heard from beat writers, things that are floating out there as potential things to keep in mind the nuggets that will help us uh, try to figure out how we want to rank these players and look at particular teams and their fantasy football upside as a whole and with their individual parts here for 2021. So we'll go around, we'll do all 16 AFC teams on this show, then we'll come back and look what the latest is going into training camp for all 16 NFC teams on the next show. So, yeah, we'll start at uh, Baltimore go to Tennessee, alphabetical order in this conference, and we'll do the same there in the NFC from Arizona to the Washington football team. All right, let's uh, dive right into Baltimore and what we're hearing from the Ravens right now. There's no question that they want to get J.K. Dobbins, the outstanding second-year running back out of Ohio State, involved more in the passing game. That's a point of emphasis here is that they want to use the backs more, help diversify the offense. It's a run-heavy offense with Lamar Jackson, but they want to incorporate the backs here to be more useful in the pass game. And with no Mark Ingram, he's in Houston right now, and we'll have more on him later. J.K. Dobbins is clearly the top receiving back here because we're not looking at uh, any option for Gus Edwards to have that role here in 2021. So it makes sense. J.K. Dobbins flashed a little bit of that. He was a good red zone finisher as a runner. But they want to expand this offense a little bit overall and make this passing game less predictable, more interesting here in 2021. They kind of uh, battle through that a little bit with Lamar Jackson slumping as a passer from his MVP season in 2019. Getting the running back involved consistently is a key target, and Dobbin certainly is capable of that as a complete back from the Buckeyes. And will have, obviously, more fantasy football value in that sense on top of his uh, fine running in probably Touching the ball 60% of the time is a fair assessment here versus Edwards in this offense. Also on the Ravens, uh, a development is uh, who's going to be that second receiver who kind of steps up here. You have Sammy Watkins. He has a good history with Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, dating back all the way to Buffalo. While you also have Rashad Bateman, a first-round pick from Minnesota. So battle is going on for the number two receiver. I'm not sure if this is number two or is kind of the number one possession type with Marquise Hollywood-Brown being more of the big playmaker. But this position is definitely up for grabs here. Sammy Watkins, all reports said he looked pretty good, rejuvenated in this offense he knows really well under Roman. But you also have 
Bateman having a first round pedigree here and could see a big role. So we'll see Bateman versus Watkins is a battle we're going to see. They could have some fantasy relevance here behind Hollywood Brown or ahead of Hollywood Brown and when you also incorporate Mark Andrews from the Ravens offense. Let's uh, flip to our next B team, our second B team in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills, the alliterative team from the AFC East. All right, let's start with the big question here in the backfield. Who's it going to be, Devin Singletary or Zach Moss? Different things we've heard. Devin Singletary has tried to get in shape, really tried to work his way into seeing more key touches. Well, Zach Moss has a lot of natural ability. So right now, the reports have it leaning a little bit towards Zach Moss over Singletary, but it's very even, and Singletary has done his best to impress here. So that's going to be a battle we're going to watch all throughout training camp. Matt Breida, they added him, but doesn't look like he's going to be a big factor here in getting touches and maybe a cut candidate in training camp for the Bills. Now, we also have a little bit of a battle going on at wide receiver that uh, people are breaking down here with the beat reports. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, it uh, looks like he's in the leading spot to replace the production of John Brown on the outside to complement Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley, not Gabriel Davis. We have... A lot of high hopes for Gabriel Davis that Sanders will break down. He's getting older. He's getting slower here that Davis will eventually take the spot in a key role opposite uh, Diggs on the outside for the Bills. So something we want to watch there developing. And this is an interesting development at tight end. Let's not forget about this position. Dawson Knox, he's been touted a little bit, but he's been around for two years. Hasn't quite put it all together here. It could be the end of Dawson Knox's time as potentially being relevant as uh, Jacob Hollister. Remember him? He's bounced around a little bit here. That Hollister might end up being the top receiver. So that pretty much confirms that we're not interested that much in Dawson Knox. And again, it's hard to trust any receiver here beyond what you get with Diggs and to some degree Beasley here as the Bills make a transition there. So a lot of things to watch in many battles for the Bills. Let's go to the the AFC North, and we'll do a double shot of Ohio, starting with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the one thing that's uh, been reported, and we're not quite sure, is what the role of Chris Evans is going to be. Not Captain America, but a young player here that the Bengals are high on to have some impact with Joe Mixon. There are some reports that say Joe Mixon, they want him to just go back to workhorse status here, coming off the major injury and a lot of the disappointment from last year, but then there's some where Mixon and Chris Evans might be battling for third down touches here. So something to watch with Gio Bernard gone from the Bengals offense. Who's going to compete and cut into Mixon's touches, especially in passing situations? But Chris Evans seems like the guy. We're just not sure how big they want to feed Mixon, again, coming off that injury. The other thing we want to watch is how does this pecking order develop here? It looks like it's all win-win-win for Joe Burrow with this situation. Jamar Chase picking up where he left off with Burrow at LSU in that big 2019 season as a 19-year-old. They've locked in chemistry here to look great together. But T. Higgins coming on strong as well. So you might have a couple really number one outside threats here with Chase and Higgins. Don't forget about Tyler Boyd working the slot either. So this is great for Joe Burrow. Is Chase and Higgins really battling it out here? I don't think you want need to classify them as number one versus number two, but Chase certainly I think is going to make a big splash right away. T. Higgins is a guy that looks like he could have some value as well. So, unfortunately, I think people have Boyd a little higher. I still like Chase, number one in specking order. Higgins, there, number 
two, Chase, more of a wide receiver two, Higgins, more of a wide receiver two, three, borderline, and Boyd, more of a wide receiver three, wide receiver four, based on the mounds to feed here in Cincinnati. All right, we go to Cleveland next and look at uh, their news notes uh, going into training camp. Uh, Baker Mayfield, they were expecting more out of him. This is not a surprise here. He's got healthy, deeper receiving core. He settled in the Kevin Stefanski offense. They established him. They whispered him. Play action, bootlegs, all that. He's been controlled. He's efficient. Now let's get some more big plays. Stefanski's going to look for that here, especially with Odell Beckham Jr. Jarvis Landry in the mix. They have Donovan Peoples-Jones, Rashard Higgins. Uh, you have uh, Anthony Schwartz. You have a lot of big playmakers that you can feature in this Browns offense. They want to get those bigger plays playing off the running game now that Mayfield has been settled with Stefanski. Speaking of Odell Beckham Jr., his knee looks great. That's according to all reports, uh, teammates, uh, observers there so far in the minicamps, OTAs. So training camp should be a good one here for Odell Beckham Jr. We've been waiting for the real OBJ to show up with the Browns. Maybe we'll finally see it this year. So OBJ being undervalued a little bit. I think he has pretty high wide receiver two appeal here at this point. Still the clear number one receiver there despite the depth there in Cleveland. So OBJ, according to Jarvis Landry and others, looks very good. The old OBJ. And Landry should know, dating back to LSU with his good friend. The final team we'll uh, cover in our first segment here as we go down the round. We went to Baltimore and Buffalo, Cincinnati and Cleveland. Now we'll go with the D team in the AFC. That is the Denver Broncos. And a lot of hype over Javonta Williams, the rookie from North Carolina, for whom they traded up. That was a big deal here in the draft. So Javonta Williams, they love him. They think he could have potential to cut in and be the feature-like back ahead of Melvin Gordon, who's coming off a pretty good season. So impressive for Javante Williams. We hyped him up here with his teammate, former teammate from North Carolina, Michael Carter. But certainly, Javante looks in good shape there to have a big, significant role in fantasy football to come in as an RB2, RB3 borderline here in 2021. The next kind of topic here that we want to cover with the Broncos Cortland Sutton, we want to make sure he's healthy. It looks like he's fully healthy. It doesn't look like he's going to have to spend any time missing time in training camp with a knee. Suffered that injury, unfortunately, in week one of last season. Derailed what could have been a big breakout season for him. But Cortland Sutton looking pretty good. Now the other development here at wide receiver, Jerry Judy has seemed to found a rhythm with Teddy Bridgewater. So that could indicate that Bridgewater is maybe in line to start over Drew Locke. We'll see how that plays out. But Bridgewater and Judy certainly connecting and having some great chemistry. So Bridgewater's in there. Clearly Judy is going to be a big part of the offense playing off Cortland Sutton. All right, so that took care of a look at the five teams from the AFC and their latest news and notes as uh, training camp is around the corner. We still have to get to 11 more. We'll do that in our final two segments here. But I do have to remind you, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We know football isn't here yet. Uh, but we know the props and uh, futures are all there to check out. It's almost done for NBA. NHL has crowned another Stanley Cup champion. It's the Lightning. So NBA still, the finals action can get on that. Baseball is about to turn into the second half. What better time to get in when baseball season is in full swing to bet online? You can track all the action at bet online. Get all the latest news and odds and information for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NFL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit in on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. 
Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We will continue the show here looking at uh, several teams from the AFC South and their latest news and notes here in the 2021 NFL offseason. All right, let's continue the show, pick up where we left off here. We have uh, five teams down, 11 more. We'll hit six here in our middle segment of the show here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. We have to talk about the Houston Texans. We're still in a holding pattern trying to figure out what's up with Deshaun Watson. That's going to take a slow time to play out. Uh, I would expect he's not available, but for now, we'll just wait and see on that. Now, in the backfield, there's some movement going on here. The Texans need to be a little bit more run-oriented to take pressure off the quarterback, especially if it's Tyrod Taylor starting there. David Johnson still looks like the lead, but Philip Lindsay looks like he's taken over as the potential number two here. And don't forget about Rex Burkhead, a tie to uh, Nick Casario, who's the new GM from New England. So Rex Burkhead is in the mix, too, with Thorne in the side of this combination. Burkhead could make Ingram expendable. Lindsay already could have a big role here complementing David Johnson. So there was a thought that Mark Ingram might do something for Houston, but... Now he might be actually on the roster bubble. He's an older back. He has a lot of volume. Lindsay's pretty spry here after two seasons uh, producing big time for the Broncos. Burkhead is always a valuable kind of swing backup. So you look at this situation, leaning towards David Johnson and Lindsay away from Ingram here in the Houston backfield if you're trying to squeeze RB2 value out of the Texans. And Nico Collins, we talked about him. We like him, but we want to see how it plays out in the pecking order, all that co-committee stuff between Brandon Cooks and uh, Randall Cobb and Kiki Guti and Chris Conley and Isaiah Coulter, all those CO guys. But Nico Collins, the rookie from Michigan, it's already looking pretty good. And there's a bit of an opening there to see regular touches and targets behind Brandon Cooks in this passing game. And the Texans' defense would stink, so pretty high volume, whether it's uh, Deshaun Watson or Tyrod Taylor again. So watch out for Nico Collins there, potentially having a key role outside to complement Cooks at some point this season. Let us go to Indianapolis and uh, stay in the AFC South. Jonathan Taylor, every indication that he's going to be a full workhorse. Marlon Mack still battling some injury issues here. So Frank Reich is committing to less of a committee here with Jonathan Taylor. And why not? He had a big rookie finish to his year. And he's going to build on that. I think he's a top 10 running back easily here. He's going to go in the top five and six in most drafts here, but Jonathan Taylor is no reason to believe that he's not going to be a focal point of the Colts' offense going forward. All right, we also look at a health issue here with Paris Campbell. He's an interesting cog with a lot of uh, value here, quickness and speed. How does he fit in with Michael Pittman Jr. and uh, T.Y. Hilton? We'll see, but Campbell certainly could make some big plays here and be a revelation with Carson Wentz at the helm of this passing game, but Paris Campbell definitely looks like an option here that can uh, make something happen here in 2021. And another development here. Looks like they're going away a little bit from the tight end use, and why not? When you have Pittman and Campbell and Hilton and a lot of uh, players there that you can look at to be productive uh, more so and have legitimate uh, three wide receiver sets, 11 personnel, maybe uh, fade the tight ends a little bit. Jack Doyle might be more of a blocker, so his days maybe as a top-producing fantasy football tight end over officially here for the Colts. The next team we'll look at is uh, Jacksonville, and looking at uh, their situation, uh, we're focusing in the backfield. 
with James Robinson. What is going to be his role here with Travis Etienne in the mix? They also have Carlos Hyde, who has a tied Urban Meyer, the new coach here from their Ohio State days together. But certainly it looks like Jaguars might be interested in making this a run-centric offense, take a lot of pressure off Trevor Lawrence here, at least in one sense to set it up and maybe protect the defense a little bit, maybe set up the easier play action downfield for Trevor Lawrence. But Robinson, I don't think it's totally going to go away from this offense. I would lean towards Etienne having a bigger role here because he can catch passes, especially in half-point and full-point PPR formats. But certainly Robinson and Etienne could see like a situation where Robinson sees the early downs and uh, the red zone work to finish drives while Etienne is the fixture in the passing game here in 20. 21. And another note here, second-year wide receiver LaVisca Cheneau looks pretty good so far. All reports say he could be the number one here, taking over for DJ Chark. We'll see about that, but I think he's at least going to be a complimentary big play guy to help Trevor Lawrence there playing off Marvin Jones Jr. and DJ Chark. And Trevor Lawrence, again, they might rein him in a little bit this year. We hope not. I still think he's a nice QB2 sleeper with all the weapons he has and just the upside athleticism. His running ability also gives him a bit of a floor in fantasy football. So let's watch out for Trevor Lawrence. But I don't want to go all in on him as a deep sleeper. I'd rather go in slightly different directions, such as Joe Burrow here, to look for fantasy football deeper value from young players at QB. Let's go to Kansas City. Let's get out of the AFC South. We've done three straight teams in the AFC South. Time for a run of teams in the AFC West. Patrick Mahomes, the toe injury, that's a big update. He looks like he's good to go here, so he'll be fine. Training camp, full speed ahead. Number one quarterback on the board in fantasy football still. Another development, Miko Hardman looks clearly to be the wide receiver two, replacing Sammy Watkins, the consistent maybe guy that's going to be on the field with Tyreek Hill. So Miko Hardman, there's some expectations for him. I'm not sure how much they're going to feed him the ball, but Hardman certainly has a chance here to produce behind Hill and Travis Kelsey in this offense. And speaking of Travis Kelsey, it looks like he might have some company more often here in the Chiefs offense. They seem like they want to use more 12 personnel. That means two tight ends. They did take a fifth-round player here that can help, and that Duke's Noah Gray. So Noah Gray has been turning heads here so far in the Chiefs offseason program, and they might want to get him on the field there with Kelsey, so that also changes things here. If there's only two wide receivers on the field, you would expect them to be Hill and Hardman playing off Kelsey and Gray. I think part of it is also to help the running game here, get extra blockers there, and uh, certainly their outside situation has changed. They're more of an inside blocking team now with the way they rebooted their offensive line. So having a gray flank Kelsey would certainly help in the running game, and that means helping Clyde Edwards-Alaire. The next team out of the AFC West, uh, staying down the line, going from K to L, Las Vegas Raiders. Henry Ruggs, they're hoping for a lot from him. He was disappointing there as a rookie, wasn't fully healthy. He is a first-round pick with a lot of speed. He was the first wide receiver taken in the 2020 draft, so the Raiders shouldn't demand a lot of expectations for him to play off Darren Waller, to really uh, connect with De- Derek Carr and be a bigger factor in the passing game. So Henry Ruggs the third is someone... You're looking at uh, potentially, but we want to see it a little bit more here and uh, trust that Derek Carr-Ruggs connection. Hopefully that will develop a little bit better in training camp. They also have another second-year receiver we have to look at is Brian Edwards. Right now it looks like with Nelson Aguilar gone that you're going to see a starting lineup of Henry Ruggs, 
John Brown and Brian Edwards in some combination in 11 personnel, three wide receivers. Sets Edwards could be a big slot. I think there's a little bit of versatility with the lineup situations with all three. John Brown can also do that here for the Raiders and the Aguilar kind of hybrid role. So again, we're looking for Brian Edwards. He could be the guy that stands out over Ruggs. I think for now, Edwards is a better late round flyer than Ruggs is a middle round flyer in fantasy football. Edwards still going up the charts, but still he's going to have to share time with Brown Ruggs, and we know that Darren Waller is still the go-to guy for the Raiders. And now another twist in the passing game. Kenyon Drake was a little bit head-scratching when they signed him after Josh Jacobs was so good for them last year, but they went to another Alabama back. Kenyon Drake, they see, is a hybrid cog-type player. Jacobs they like as a receiver and an early-down runner, but Drake, they want to find different roles, maybe have two backs there, use them. Maybe you'll see a development where it's uh, Jacobs and Drake much used like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt there. But again, I think Drake could help them in a cog role, kind of a wide receiver hybrid, and there's some toying with that in Vegas. Finally, the last team we'll get to in this segment as we uh, get to our final team in the AFC West uh, is the Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, looking at them, uh, Justin Herbert looks pretty good. He's handling the new offense pretty well, so update. I think he can uh, keep up his action going forward. You have uh, also Mike Williams potentially being the X receiver, playing off Keenan Allen, so expectations are high for Mike Williams. They didn't really upgrade and change things at wide receiver there. They got Jalen Guyton and some other youngsters there, but we thought the Chargers would be more wide receiver-centric. They didn't address that position until later, but Mike Williams, they have faith in him that he'll have a big bounce-back season playing off Allen. Playing with Herbert here as a key target here. Remember, Hunter Henry's got a tight end. A little bit of drop-off to Jared Cook. So Mike Williams being touted here as a potential bounce-back season and what's a make-or-break season for him in 2021. And one more development we have to tell you about is uh, Justin Jackson been a valuable backup for this team, first behind Melvin Gordon, then behind Austin Eckler. But things are changing here. The Chargers used a six-round draft pick on Larry Roundtree from Missouri. So Roundtree so far could be a guy that makes Jackson the kind of uh, disposable here in terms of being the backup younger, cheaper there behind Austin Eckler. And I think he can do more of the versatile things that Eckler can. So we'll see about Justin Jackson again. He's been, de- been dependable, a good charger here, and uh, helped in fantasy football times. But it could be a changing of the guard there as your number two back behind Eckler in Los Angeles. All right, we got through six more teams there. We have five more to talk about here. Yeah, we have to close it out from Miami to Tennessee, our last five teams. We'll get to those in our final segment, but I have to tell you more about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, and you've got to check out the limited time flavor while you can still get it. It's Built Grasshopper Cookie. What does it taste like? This is Built Bar's version of a classic Thin Mint cookie, all the flavor without all that sugar, 150 calories, 17 grams protein, only five grams sugar, and Look, there are a lot of core flavors that you can pick up from with Built Bar. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, and German Chocolate. That's a lot to say, but we wanted to get it all out. you got to know all the flavors here. And the only way you can find out what your favorite flavor is is to uh, get in on Built Bar right now. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you can get two of each of nine core flavors from Built Bar. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're also healthy for you. Check out... Uh, their details, 17, 18 grams protein, 130, 180 calories, only 4 to 5 grams sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. All amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today, get Grasshopper Cookie while supplies last, or whatever flavor you like. It's easy, just have to go to a Built Bar, 
and uh, check it out to use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 at Built Bar. There, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That's pretty cool, and you can get in on it here by going to BuiltBar.com. We'll be right back here to uh, close up the show with our look at the latest news and notes from our final AFC teams in alphabetical order. All right, let us uh, close here. We've uh, gotten through a lot of uh, information here, so hopefully you're taking some notes here, uh, making some uh, stickies there with your rough rankings and highlighter and all that, but it's good to know where we are going into training camp so we know where we're going and how we're going to end up in the rankings. So Miami, here's some things you have to know about the Dolphins uh, in, from the reports of the offseason. Tua Tagovailoa looks fully healthy now with the hip injury, not an issue. He admits it was a little bit of an issue last year. He wasn't fully removed from it uh, there for a year, so now he's got that well behind him. So he should be a lot healthier, and they want him a lot healthier because the expectations are throwing downfield, being more aggressive with the offense, and we knew that. When they went out and got Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle, Will Fuller's a speed guy in the perimeter. You got uh, Jalen Waddle, he's a bit of Tyreek Hill, where that speed can work using on the inside. And you got uh, Preston Williams returning, as well as Devontae Parker, the venerable one on the outside. So you have some pretty good wide receiver depth. And uh, you look at the, beyond that, you have uh, Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson battling for spots with Alan Hearns there. We looked at the backfield situation a little bit steadier there with Miles Gaskin in a role. But here at wide receiver, certainly a pecking order, some depth here. So they got the receiving talent now to make it happen with Fuller and Waddle in the mix with Parker. Pretty good front line three, so it's going to be hard for anyone else to have a key impact here. But certainly the weapons are there for two up. I'm just not sold yet on Tua. I think he's going to take some lumps and I'm not interested in him as much as a QB2 as some others on the board so far until we see a big training camp from him for the Dolphins. Staying in the AFC East, let's go to the New England Patriots and look what's going on with them. All the reports uh, there with Damian Harris look like he's legitimately going to be treated as their number one back. We've heard this before. It's always wary with the Patriots' backfield. We know James White's not going anywhere as receiving guy, but Sonny Michel starting to look like he's fading. Reminder Stevenson may be limited power back as a rookie. Damian Harris does have a complete skill set. They did use a pretty high pick on him from Alabama. Good system. We know what's going on with Jacobs and Drake and Najee Harris, what he's going about to do with the Steelers. We'll talk about him in a moment. And then uh, at the quarterback battle, we're looking at uh, Cam Newton versus Mac Jones. Right now, people say it's 50-50. I think it leans Cam Newton with Jones in an experience. Jones is going to have to have a big run here in training camp in preseason, I believe, to start and have any significant value. Either way, I'm not interested in Newton or Jones. Newton a little bit more because of the running ability, but not that much more as a QB2 this season. And finally, Jacoby Myers. Don't forget about him. They did go out and get Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne in free agency, but you look at uh, Jacoby Myers. He was a big part of what they did. He was a revelation last year. He could be using a lot more regularly in the slot, especially now with Julian Edelman fully retired here, not just injured. So Jacoby Myers, look out for him. There is some chemistry with him, with him and Cam Newton. He's also kind of a dependable guy that uh, Mac Jones could lean on here. So Myers, if you're looking for any kind of uh, wide receiver value, I might look more Myers in a later round than Aguilar or Bourne a little bit early, earlier than that. All right, sticking with the AFC East and our last team we'll cover there, the New York Jets. Zach Wilson, as expected, this is a guy that, again, he is a QB2 that I'm very interested in this year. This offense is very QB friendly with Michael Floor. Very uh, 
comfortable there for any quarterback to get settled in quickly. Wilson, with his athleticism, accuracy, and all that, is a good fit for the offense. That's why they were so eager to get him at number two overall. So, again, he's getting comfortable real fast. And we know the wide receiver situation pretty darn good here, but it's a little bit surprising right now the way the wide receiver situation is going. Because when they brought back Jamison Crowder, and then you look at Denzel Mims and his upside, we thought for sure those two guys are going to be out there with big free agent addition Corey Davis. But right now it looks like the rookie Elijah Moore, who they're also high on, there to have a key role, much more than Sims. I mean, or Mims, I would say. Look, Mims was drafted for the previous offense. Moore was drafted for this offense. Makes a lot of sense. They want to use him. He's more dynamic than Jamison Crowder as a potential slot option. The real surprise here is that Keelan Cole, kind of an under-the-radar pickup for the Jets, he's kind of running in these 11 personnel as the starter opposite Davis with Moore in the slot. So, so much for Crowder and Mims here. We've been uh, drafting them, but Moore and Cole have been a little bit overlooked. Really the only Jets receiver I'm too interested in fantasy and a little bit overlooked. And I think he has a great wide receiver two value is Corey Davis coming off a big year with the Titans there. Finally broke out, lived up to his expectations as a first-round pick. So Corey Davis clearly is going to be the go-to guy. How it shakes out between Moore and Cole and uh, Crowder and Mims is yet to be seen. But right now Moore and Cole look like they're headed to bigger roles in this particular offense, fitting better with Mike LaFleur. Then at the backfield, there's some expectations for Tevin Coleman, so don't totally go on the Michael Carter train just yet. Tevin Coleman could have some value. He does have familiarity with his scheme. He uh, played in Kyle Shanahan's scheme. We know Lafleur's scheme is very similar to that. So Tevin Coleman, don't write him off yet as having some value, at least early in the season. And finally, Tyler Croft is definitely working ahead of Chris Herndon, it looks like, at tight end. But that kind of tells you if Herndon's disappointing, there's not much to see there with tight end value. So again, Wilson I like because of the depth of receiver, the versatility there between the wide out and tight end. But again, the only individual player that I can feel like is going to have a big role for sure on this Jets passing game is Corey Davis. All right, let us flip to the Pittsburgh Steelers here and what's going on with them. We talked about uh, Damian Harris. Well, the Alabama sensation Najee Harris is going to have a big role. Everyone thinks he's going to eat it up. There's no indication otherwise here. And related to that, Benny Snell is on the roster bubble. They did go out and sign Kalen Balaj. They do have Anthony Booger McFarland. No, they have the other Anthony McFarland, the one from Maryland here. So if it was Booger McFarland, I think it would be easy for Benny Snell to stay on this lost roster. But but the speedster from Maryland should give him some competition. Balaj did have some moments flashing there with the Chargers as back of last year. So Balaj and McFarland, they could make Snell expendable here behind the big role that Najee Harris is going to have in this offense. Finally, with the Steelers, the big man. What's the health update? Well, looks fully healthy now. The elbow definitely probably limited his arm strength last year. I think also age being now 39. We've seen some deterioration from big men's arm not being as big. But Big Ben's also committed to other parts of his health, being in shape, trying to do more, workout program. That's the one thing that he's kind of lacked when you look at Aaron Rodgers, then older quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Drew Brees, now retired, that they did better things to keep themselves in shape physically all around to help their games, their throwing and the accuracy and all that. So Big Ben really committed to his health now that the right elbow is no longer an issue here in 2021 in his past in 2020 recovery and all that so big man really focused on getting in the right shape here to extend his career and give the Steelers another good season here before he kind of uh, fades and uh, really gets into his 40s and just maybe hangs it up so maybe one last season from big Ben but certainly at least he's doing what he needs to do to have better production here in 2021. 
Finally, we'll end with the Tennessee Titans. A little bit of surprise with A.J. Brown. A little bit of health issue, dealing with some knee injuries that he's trying to battle here. But so far, I think he's going to be okay for training camp and the season. But something to monitor there, A.J. Brown having a bit of injury issues there as he adjusts to uh, playing off Julio Jones now in this offense going into training camp. Now, Julio Jones was a big replacement for Corey Davis, who went to the Jets. Another replacement on the same roster without making a move is Anthony Ferkser. They moved on from Jonu Smith. They couldn't re-sign him, went to the Patriots. So Anthony Ferkser, there's a lot of expectations that the Harvard product has a key role here, replacing Jonu Smith as the number one tight end. So they're expecting Jones and Ferkser to pretty much give them what Davis and Smith did, playing off A.J. Brown. So there's a good indication there. Ferkser is an opportunity. The question mark is, is he going to handle it and uh, play up to that expectation in training camp and preseason? And then finally, looking for the guy that's going to back up Ryan Tannehill? Well, it might be a surprise that it could be Deshaun Kaiser of all quarterbacks. Remember him from Notre Dame? He is around and battling, and they didn't really have a great backup situation. They had Logan Woodside and some other people there in Nashville, but... Why is this important? Because Tannehill is a guy that has injury issues in his past with his knee and all that. So, And to another degree, this is a very quarterback-friendly offense because you can play off the running game. You have great receivers here in Brown and Jones, and Ferks are having a role, and uh, Derrick Henry setting things up out of the backfield. So Deshaun Kaiser, someone to watch on the depth charts as a number two QB and a potentially plug-and-play should something happen to Tannehill here with his athleticism and all that in 2021. All right, there you have it. There's a look at uh, the latest AFC news and notes uh, in this dull period of the NFL, but we want to catch you up there as we go into training camp. We'll do the same drill for the NFC. We'll go in alphabetical order, get to all 16 teams on the next show here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. Don't forget also on the network, check out Lockdown Today. The topic of the day is Kawhi Leonard's time with the LA Clippers over. Get more of the sports news you need and less time with Lockdown Today podcast. Follow Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been another edition of Locked on Fantasy Football. My name is Vinny Iyer. Thanks a lot for joining us, and uh, we'll be back next time with a look at the latest NFC news and notes you need to know here in the offseason heading into training camp.